And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show, where you can find us every weekday morning. I am Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Mo DeKeel. We got Andrew Schlecht on the boards. And Mo, let's get right into the Nuggets outlasting a Steph Curry onslaught late. They beat the Warriors 89 to 86 in Golden State. I mean, it was an unbelievable game, Jared, because this looked like a blowout in the first half. Right? I mean, like when you're watching sure. it, it's just like, wow, the Nuggets are coming here. They're going to blow them out. No Draymond Green in this one. Still no Jordan Poole for the Warriors. You're you're watching it going like, damn, like Draymond really matters defensively, and the Nuggets capitalized. Yeah, it, it, right, it, right. Amazing analysis there. Um, you know the Nuggets put up 31 points in the first quarter, 29 in the second quarter, but then it completely flips in the second half. It's like the Warriors were like, no, no, we can also defend even when Draymond's not available, and. They held the Nuggets to 29 points in the second half and nearly came back and pulled off the miracle victory. And so the Nuggets were up, I think, 24 at halftime. And it was, you know, it seemed like they were going to kind of hold it together there at the beginning. Um, And then it just kind of like fell off to two distinct cliffs. It was middle of the third quarter uh, when Gary Payton is getting it done. Andrew Wiggins is scoring. And then early fourth quarter where uh, Kaminga, of all people, is scoring. Yeah, you know, I mean, they started to get going, and then the worst part for the, the the Nuggets and Nuggets fans had to have gotten really scared. Once Curry started hitting shots in the fourth quarter, I mean, he was struggling Yikes. through first three quarters. The uh, just his numbers in the first three quarters: two and nine from the field, one and eight from three. And you're thinking like, "Wow, we're doing such a great job on Steph through three quarters. Like, we we might be able to pull this one off." And then Steph starts to get going there a little bit, right? Goes four or five from three in the fourth quarter, finishes with 23 points. I mean, he started to get rolling. It was just a wild game. But give the Nuggets credit for holding on. Yeah, it was funny because I didn't think they were going to because they were just force-feeding Jokic. And the Golden State was doing a pretty damn good job without Draymond really just pressuring Jokic and making him uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, they were doing a good job just making him see double teams, kind of stunting at him at certain points and things, just constantly keeping him guessing in terms of where things were coming from. And, you know, the Nuggets were shooting so well in the first half, you knew eventually it would drop off, but not to the point in which it did in the second half. And I think uh, when you're watching it, it's just like they, they were able to hold on just enough. But Jared, I thought this thing was over after Compazzo misses the free throw to put them up four. The Warriors have a timeout. And they have a chance to tie the game with two seconds left, advance the ball, and, you know, the give the Nuggets credit. They take Curry away. It goes to Iguodala. Of all the guys on the Warriors on the court at that point who you want to shoot the three, Iguodala is probably the guy you're willing to live with. I live with that, yeah. And and and, and he and you know what? He proved that to be correct. Cause he, that one was not even close when he let that one go. 
Yeah, and, and the irony is what ended up being the game-winning bucket was Will Barton running, uh, I think it was pick and pop with Jokic, not going to Jokic. Jokic's like, what the hell? Barton drives through the entire defense, puts up a heavily contested shot, misses, then misses the putback, and you're like, okay, well, now Golden State's definitely going to get their shot, but then he somehow, I can't even tell if it was him that actually tipped it back in, but somehow the ball went in on the, th- on the third try. I mean, it, it it went in, so whatever Nugget is getting credit for is more than happily going to take it. Pretty sure it was Barton there, Jared. But it was a wild play, you know, and that was just after the Nuggets had a turnover. The Warriors get it up in transition super quickly. Gary Payton with the dunk to tie it. Like, there was just that last two minutes was just pure chaos. I'm a little bit hyper right now. Like, I don't, I'm kind of like fidgeting here. I'm a little bit like, I don't know fully what to think. I'm still in delirium. Let's head out to H-Town where the Lakers beat the Rockets 132 to 123 with LeBron James starting at center. Yeah, I mean, that was wild, right? Like, listen, LeBron's been playing more center. We've noticed it in games. We saw it on Christmas Day. We've even noticed it beforehand. But this was the first game where the Lakers were like, yep, we're going small. We're playing, you know, LeBron at the five, Stanley Johnson at the four. Yeah, Malik Monk, Avery Bradley, and Russell Westbrook. Like that was just kind of like, hey, we're we're going small. And Jared, I kind of like it. I like LeBron as a as a roller, as a screener, and and just putting that pressure on teams defensively. What I hate about was in the first quarter the way the Lakers were using him. Though the Lakers were basically going into like a spread five out offense, and 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 not even using LeBron as the screener. And I was just like, oh, you don't have the shooters for that. Yeah, I mean, we've seen so many times where the Lakers kind of get into this inside-out game and they kind of, you know, they work out the dunker spot, quick little passes, and they're almost like the Warriors offense without any of the movement that makes the Warriors offense good. But we saw at the end of the game where LeBron and Russ were kind of doing this tight little two-man game that worked for them to close it out where Russ, they would run pick and pop. LeBron would just kind of stand at the top of the arc. Russ would dribble to get that double team, and then right when that double team was closing in on him, that's when LeBron would cut, and Russ would slip it right to him, and LeBron would finish every time. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of action that they should have been running, I don't know, the whole freaking game, Jared. (laughs) You don't need to wait till the last two minutes and almost lose a game to the Houston Rockets because of that. Like, that stuff they should have been doing more and more throughout the game. They just really, they really weren't, but they were getting some good stuff with LeBron in the post. They had Russ in the dunker spot. He found Avery Bradley with the beautiful behind the back pass in the post, hitting him along the baseline for a big bucket down the stretch. And they were getting some good stuff. I kind of like this, this LeBron at the five spot. And when AD comes back, I kind of think they should continue with this. You know, I think it, it 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 should you know AD will defend the fives, but I think LeBron should be playing the the screener roller position and the post up guy in the uh, half court. You know, on the other end, I think that's something that's going to be an important piece for them, kind of going forward. Might help them kind of start figuring some stuff out. So then, where do you put AD? Is he at on the elbow or is he down in the dunker spot? I mean, I I would probably space AD. I know it sucks with how bad he's shooting, but I'd rotate him around, put him at the dunker spot, put him at the elbows a little bit tough because now it's a little bit easier to trap LeBron from there. But from the dunker spot, it's a lot easier for him to curl underneath the rim. But I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities and things that they could play with in that. And I think even just in the pick and roll, I think you 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 use it kind of the way the Phoenix Suns used to run the short action and and and. It, it becomes very difficult for teams to have to defend LeBron rolling to the rim and having to decide, do you take LeBron or do you take AD? Yeah, that, that's a bit much. That is a bit much to deal with down there. 
Uh, let's give the Rockets some love real quick. Kevin uh, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Christian Wood, 24, 22, 22. They, they were all firing tonight. Uh, really efficient shooting night for Houston. They shot 53% from the field and 46% from deep. Yeah, I mean, and it's something Houston's probably not used to, but really solid to see, from, especially from Jalen Green, who, listen, it felt like he was just like allergic to the word efficient. You know, <laughs> for a lot of his shots in the past were, were not good shots. And he's looking really strong in this one. And, you know, he knocks down four and nine threes. Pretty solid night. I, I, I like the composure with which he played. I like the way the, the Rockets are playing. It, granted, you know, this is a five-game losing streak they're on now, but, like, they play hard, Jared, and if you don't come correct, they're going to really challenge you, and that's what they did to the Lakers. The Lakers kind of tried to ease their way into this game, and the, the, the Rockets were there throughout the entire night. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Sixers beat the Raptors in Toronto 114 to 109. Joel Embiid was phenomenal as always. As well he should be. Like who who on the Raptors is supposed to be able to stop him, Jared? Like they're I mean, this is a a bunch of guys are out in, in protocols. You know, they get Pascal Siakam back. He's pretty solid. You know, but it's Pascal Siakam and Chris Boucher who got to stop Joel Embiid. He should dominate. And uh, he had 36 points on 11 for six, 11 for 16 shooting, 12 for 14 from the line. And Tobias Harris was 13 for 14 from the line, which is important because he only had 19 points because he shot the ball terribly. Yeah, but you know what? More importantly, he had a triple-double. And that's the third triple-double of the night. We should have mentioned that LeBron yeah, and, and Russell LeBron Westbrook anyway, yeah. uh, both had a triple-double in the previous segment. Guys, whatever, but it's, Tobias is you know, a shout-out. You know, but, but, but Tobias Harris with 19, 12, and 10, that's a pretty solid night for him. The one thing I'll say, though, and this is kind of important to note, like this is another game where the Sixers really kind of struggle a little bit to close out down the stretch, even against a team that's really decimated with their roster. No Fred VanVleet for the the Raptors you know like they're 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 really hurting trying to get guys back but the Sixers just got to do a better job closing these guys out and it's it's surprising Jared like when I watch it it's a little startling when I'm like man like you you guys got to win these games yeah I mean uh Boucher hit a huge three with about three and a half left to make it a one possession game and you're thinking all right Philly's finally going to push back you know Joel he hits that big three with him right in his face but Toronto kept fighting Gary Trent had that really nice floater and pick and roll eventually they ended up taking the lead back right at the end here when Philly was up by I think 12 at like the eight minute mark yeah I mean that's a game you're up by 12 with eight minutes left in the game you got to close that out and it, it, it this should not become a close game it should not be down to the wire and then it becomes a situation where you know it's it's the Raptors need a three and you know the ball gets knocked out of bounds the Sixers challenge the call and they win the challenge. It was a smart challenge because Pascal Siakam was out of bounds when he touched the ball. 
they win. And that's basically how they win the game. But it shouldn't come down to that. You know, you got to close these teams out. If you're going to be the team that everybody thinks you're going to be, and maybe maybe they're not that team, but like you got to close these games out a lot tougher, especially with the lineups that you're facing. When you're pretty relatively good health, you got to be better than that if you're Philadelphia. All right, well, we can't do better than that, so let's just end the show right there. He's Mo. I'm Jared. We had Andrew Slick producing. Do not forget to subscribe to The Athletic NBA Show on iTunes, Stitcher. I guess iTunes is a thing. Apple Pods. Uh, wherever you get, get them, get them in The Athletic app. Be sure to subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already at theathletic.com slash ding. Mo, take us out of here. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.